Welcome to Wizard Studies. Join us as we peruse all things Potter. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking about fan fiction. So, <laughs> this was a, a episode idea from a listener, Jazine. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But you know who you are. You messaged us saying that you would like this um, episode topic. So, here you go. We're going to try our best. As a warning, neither of us read or currently read fanfic. Yeah. So, we are not experts. We are not even, like, semi-familiar with most of this. Yeah. Um... We're going to just be going through some of, like, the most popular pairings and what we think of them and kind of, like, how they would fit into the series and where these the ideas of them come from in the series. Um, because we can't really speak to what the fanfics about them are. Yeah. Well, the only fanfiction I have read is Cursed Child. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Jermione. Oh, no. (laughs) Katie loves Jermione. Oh my god, I do not love Jermione. I think... Never mind, we're going to talk about my favorite trip later, so I'll wait. Yeah, well, you've talked about it before. Yeah. But at Leaky Home, we did see a shirt like from a vendor. It was like a shirt that had... A drawing of, well, they had multiple, but there was a drawing of um, Draco and Hermione kissing, and I said that I almost bought it for Katie, so. I would never wear it. That's so weird to have on, like, a shirt. But it, it was on the inside, though. It wasn't on the outside, right? It was, like, one It was on the inside of the shirt? I thought it was, like, you lifted it up, and they were kissing. I don't Am think I making so. that up? I think you're making that up. No, Why would you swear, buy that shirt? I don't know. I swear. So like, you know that you have a photo of them kissing? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, um, isn't there like a T-Rex shirt that's like that? Like, like T-Rex from Toy Story? Rex? No, no, no. Just like a, like a dinosaur shirt that like, like ask me about my dinosaur and then you like lift up your shirt. Oh. And there's like a so what do you think it said? Ask me about my favorite shit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, well, first pairing we're going to talk about is Drary, which is Draco and Harry. So, to be honest, I've never really got this, so I googled why do people ship Drary and also Germione, which is the next one I'm going to talk about. (laughs) I found a core thread that explains it. Um, So, they said that people see Harry and Draco's hatred for each other as, like, more than that, like you know, sexual like tension. sexual tension, yeah, if you will. I mean, they kind of they do act like they're obsessed. They act obsessed with each other. I mean, Draco is like always talking about Harry. Isn't there some like in like Chamber of Secrets? Doesn't like Lucius say something? Oh yeah, yeah. What did he um, say? If you spent less time worrying about like Harry Potter, maybe you would have gotten better grades than like Hermione. Oh, like, yeah. He was yeah. upset that, like, Draco was doing worse in school than a mudblood was yeah. in Hermione. <clears throat> I think that's what it is, anyways. I'm not 100 I think it's sure. something along that. It's in Diagon Alley, right? Yeah, I think so. Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. <laughs> um, and then, I, well, I was thinking about it, and I don't think Harry really acts obsessed with Draco until Half-Blood Prince. And then he's, like, really obsessed <laughs> He's, like, super creepy, um, and he's watching Draco on the map, which is something that we later see him do with Ginny, mm, Yeah, he ends up marrying. He also does it with so. Albus, so. Dumbledore? No, 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 his son. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. Dumbledore. <laughs> I was like, what? 
Does Dumbledore show up on the map? I feel like he has to. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. he has, like, he might know ways to, like, not. But I think, like, at one point, like, Harry well, checked does he the know about to the see map? if he was... No. Okay. No, because yeah, I guess I would, you know. uh, McGonagall never finds out, even though like Hermione wanted Harry to tell McGonagall. Um, Lupin was the only one, and Snape. Well, I guess Snape. But Snape doesn't him. see it working. Yeah. And then Mood, Moody, but not Real Barty, Moody, but Barty yeah. Couch Moody. Yeah. But I think Snape never gets it to work. Yeah. And Filch knows that it's something. Yeah, but he never figured it out either. Shocker. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, anyway, dreary. Yeah, I think it just comes from people seeing their hatred as, like, sexual tension. I I don't know what most dreary fics, like, talk about. Like, do they rewrite, I guess, like, I don't know. Like, do you think... If Harry were in Slytherin, ooh, that would be like a yeah, or like alternate universes where like if Harry um, like accepted Malfoy's friendship that first year, right? Yeah, I guess I guess that would that would be. Good I know, and like no, I don't. Like I said, like I don't think I've ever read a jury fan fiction because like I've <laughs> never really read any fan fiction but I'm pretty sure I don't know why I have this feeling or this understanding but I think like they still normally have a love-hate relationship even in mm. the fanfic like it's still yeah. like, very like yeah, combative yeah. you know what I mean yeah I don't know like probably a toxic relationship it seems like yeah. it wouldn't go well yeah I know, I think, like, fanfics try and, like, Draco is one of those characters that, like, people like to rewrite a lot, because he does kind of have this nice redeeming arc, mm-hmm. and so people try and, like, well, at the end, Draco was nice, so, like, he must have been nice in, like, Chamber of Secrets or something, you know, and they kind of, like, write out a lot of the bullying that he does and, like, make him a better character. I don't know. I feel like we didn't fully get into this on our Draco episode, but, like... Does he have, like, that redeeming of an arc? I mean, I would say the only reason why I think it's, like, is a pretty substantially redeeming is, like, the 17 years later and, quote-unquote, like, cursed child. 17 years later. 19 years later, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, seven is, like, a thing. Um, You know what I mean? Because, like, 19 years later, like, I feel like there's that moment where Harry and Rachel kind of, like, nod at each other. They nod to each other. I don't know. That's like, literally it. But, like, I don't know. Like, he, he's... There's information about, like, how he's not, like, a practicer of the dark arts anymore. Like, him and his wife, like, are more understanding and, like, that, that isolates him yeah. from his parents. Like, I don't know. I feel like that stuff is what makes me feel like his arc was better. If it had just ended at the Battle of Hogwarts, I feel like, no... Because literally at the Battle of Hogwarts, he was still trying to turn Harry in, like, hours before the end, you know? Like, that's not that great of an arc. Yeah, and, like, the Battle of Hogwarts, like, that interpretation could just be, like, not wanting to be on the losing side. Yeah. And I think you could even go so far with 19 years later, it's not like we actually get, like, an in-depth idea of his character then, you know? Like, we just know that he's not, like, actively practicing the dark arts. Like, he could just be, like, sitting around and waiting or just, like, trying to lay low because he doesn't want to, like, be on the bad, you know, like, be not be on the losing side, not necessarily the bad side. I guess also, like, probably a big argument for his art comes in, like, Half-Blood Prince and how just, like, damaged he was that whole year and, like, the pressure and how scared he was and then, like, his father being basically, like, held hostage for him. I think that he has, like, a tragic story. Yeah. But I I feel like I want to push back a little against the, like, redemption arc. Because if yeah. we don't, if we're not considering Cursed Child, like, I think that takes away the redemption arc to a certain extent. I don't know. It's like, it's not like he ever, my argument is not, is that it's not like he ever does actively does anything good like it's tragic and we understand the reasons for why he does bad things but he never does anything good yeah 
Yeah. I'm just trying to think of, like, the circumstances for why he went. I guess he didn't he didn't say that it was Harry when they were at Yeah, Malcolm but Manor. we did talk a lot about that in our Draco episode. Yeah. And like, that's very up in the air. Yeah. Like, I feel like that mainly came from him just being scared for Voldemort to come. Yeah. Not so yeah. much like, oh, I have to protect Harry. Right. I don't know. Maybe we should redo our Draco episode. We might have to. <laughs> okay, so the next pairing that we're going to talk about is Dramione, which is Draco and Hermione. And this has a lot of following. I think it's one of the most popular ones. And I think... So it comes from fans thinking that Ron doesn't have enough, like, quote, potential for Hermione and that Hermione should be with someone who's smarter. A lot of air quotes around this. Because <laughs> um, I think this totally discredits Ron's character and kind of just, like... I I think it would come from, like, movie Ron being not good enough for Hermione, but book Ron, I think, is. Yeah. Um, Draco is seen as smart because of, like, his planning in Half-Blood Prince, so that's why, like, he's thought to be smarter than Ron and, like, a better um, match for Hermione. Although, like, pushing back against that, he failed multiple times trying to kill Dumbledore, so, like, was he that smart? Like, it took him a lot of tries, and then he wasn't even the one that did it, so... <laughs> um, and I think... Well, so this kind of... Similarly to Drary, I mean, to me, it totally overlooks Draco calling Hermione a mudblood in Chamber of Secrets. I think it would, like... They probably use this ship to, like, say that that's, like, him, like being mean to her because he, like, doesn't like how he feels about her or something or, yeah. like, doesn't know how to deal with that. Um, but I just want to point out that, like, that instance is what made Lily and Snape's friendship end. And so it's kind of an interesting parallel there, people that think, like, Lily and Snape should have been together. Yeah. Um, or, like, even just, like, people that believe the whole Snape obsession thing, I feel like is kind of a parallel to Dramione chipping. Yeah. Which, like, I don't think that you should ever be with someone that calls you a slur. Yeah, no. Not like, the most. Kind of like quality. a pretty, pretty low standard there. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Dramione, if you can yeah. tell. I feel like a lot of it comes from, like, again, not only what I was saying earlier with kind of trying to redeem Draco in more ways than he's redeemed in the book because people, like, love him as a character, um, which is, like, everybody's right. And I think I want to talk about this a little bit later in kind of the role of fan fiction and how it plays into, like, people's love of the series, you know? Mm. Um, and how, like, it affects their relationship with the series. But also, Draco just has this aura of, like, being the pretty bad boy, you know? Which yeah. is, like, a really big trope in, like, all stories and fiction, you know? Yeah. Even though I don't know that JK intended him to be that. Yeah, well, I think, like, because even in our Draco episode, we talked about how, like, there was that, like, tweet thread between JK and Tom Felton. And she yeah. was, like, he, like, played him and was, like, I th or she was, like, I think a product of people, like, girls being in love with Draco. It has a lot to do with, like, Tom Felton. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I don't, to be fair, like, Draco does kind of, like, come off as a pretty boy. So I'm glad that he was, like, attracted, that you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, fun fact. Speaking of the Malfoy family. So in one of my classes, one of my professors likes to play, like, games before class. And... <laughs> what, like a joke class. <laughs> no, just, like, it's, like, really, like, sometimes it'll just be, like, a question. Like, a, yeah. kind of, like, a funny, like, random question. And she'll ask for people to answer. And it's kind of used as a thing where it's just, like, getting us to participate more. Yeah, you get know? people talking. Yeah. And so one time she showed us a picture of Barbara Walters and was like, I bet none of you guys, like, could name this person. To be fair, of none course. of us... I, none of us could. I could. Really? Yeah. It was like a, it was a very out of context photo. Like I Did will you say ever that. watch 
Barbara Walters. I mean, like, I know who she is, and I can picture her, but it was, like, the side of her face, it was, like, very out of context. Uh, Like, I was thrown off. So, yeah, I apologize for all the Barbara Walters fans out there. But then next class, um, she was, like, we, like, just started talking, and she was, like, oh, we're going to play a game called Who's That Dad? And so she, like, got, a like, a bunch of, like, pictures of famous people that have, like, played dads on TV. And, like, it's people that, like, you would recognize mostly, but maybe not know the names of. I killed it. And one of them was... was Jason Isaacs. <laughs> yeah, one of them was Jason Isaacs. Did you have to say him, or did you have to so say... So you had to say the actor's name and, like, what they were a dad in, and... Were you the only one that got... <laughs> yeah. Um, I was the only one who got Jason Isaacs. I was the only one who got Stanley Tucci. I was the only one who got J.K. Stanley Simmons. Tucci. He played, um... Sin- no. Crap. Caesar Flickerman in oh. Hunger Games. But he played yeah. a dad in Easy A. He was also oh, oh, Warcraft I know who he is. I just didn't know that was his name. Yeah. He's in, and, like, a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, he is. And they, like, Jason Isaacs is, like, kind of a weird one, too, because he doesn't look anything like Lucius Malfoy, you know? What is he And so like? they put up a picture, and I, like, knew instantly. I was like, oh, that's Jason Isaacs. And my teacher was like, oh, my God, Katie, you are too good at this game. And I was sitting there. I was like, I kind of, like, forget that it's not like, common knowledge to know, like, every actor's name that played any sort of role in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> well, good job. Really Thank making you. us proud. Thank you. I Did was you really plug proud. our pod? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite okay. class anyways. Um, okay, so now I'm talking, going to talk about Fred and Hermione, which is kind of the ship I was alluding to earlier when I talked about probably my favorite ship and I think I like I talked about this on our Dean and Seamus episode because that's when I like explained why it was my favorite ship so I'll just kind of like go over it again I think that in my mind I think Hermione was always going to end up with a Weasley Mm -hmm. I don't know like she just spends so much time with them and like there wasn't really any more other like options and there's a plethora of males in the Weasley family what about Victor Crumb? I guess, yeah. I, like, I don't know. Victor Crumb was never, like, a long game kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. And then, so a lot of people, like, a lot of the reasoning for, like, her and Ron's relationship is, like, talking about how opposites attract and about how, like, his goofy side, like, brings out the goofy side in her and, like, her, she's, like, serious and, like, motivated enough to, like, make Ron more serious and more motivated and I think that like Fred and George are like more goofy but also like have this like entrepreneurial spirit like this inventive mind that I think could like help bring out some creativity in Hermione because I don't think she's the most creative person Mm. possibly why she's not really a Ravenclaw and didn't get Ravenclaw yeah and they always kind of had like playful banter which I think is cute. And then there's this article that I have pulled up from Frolic, and it's all the reasons to ship Fred and Hermione. And um, so he rushes to her defense and Chamber of Secrets when Malfoy, for actually that scene we just alluded to, when Malfoy calls Hermione in mudblood. Fred and George try to physically attack him. Um, The flirty dialogue. Um... The Punching Telescope. And so this is referring to uh, this summer before Half-Blood Prince when Hermione, like, gets punched in the face with the Punching Telescope and she gets a black eye and nothing Mrs. Weasley can do can get rid of the black eye. And then Mm. they go to Weasley's Wizard Wheezes and, like, um, Fred is, like, oh, like, George is, like, kind of, like, making fun of her and Fred is, like, oh, don't worry, like, we'll get you the cream, like, no big deal. And, like, he doesn't really, like, make fun of her for it at all. So yeah, those were the reasons that that article had, and I don't know, I just think it would be kind of cute, like a very classic, like, nerdy girl who takes off the glasses, like, with the hunk, the beater, Quidditch player, who's, like, really popular and funny and yeah. kind of a troublemaker, you know, like, it's, a, again, like, one of I those, think it's like, tropes. Yeah. I think it, I don't know, I think it, um, like, fulfills a lot of, like, Ron, Hermione, mm-hmm. like relationship things, but it's like I, it avoids like all the like 
history with Ron and Hermione where, like, people... I don't know, with, like, Ron and Hermione not. Like, you can't make as much of an argument as, like, oh, well, like, Ron didn't even like Hermione. You know, like, people start with that, and then, like, you can't make the argument, like, well, they don't even have that much chemistry because we, like, don't... Like, when we see them together, they, they have chemistry, but we don't see them a ton. Yeah. I think it's cute. Yeah, I like, like I said, this is probably my favorite. Um, it's kind of a an unfortunate chip because... I know. Yeah. It couldn't have panned out anyways. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I just like it because, like, I feel like it... I don't know. Hermione, like, needs to end up with, like, just, like, a good person. And, yeah. And, like, Fred is that. And, yeah. like, any Weasley is that. Yeah. Except for Percy. Um, <laughs> when I was when I was looking this up too, like something I saw, and like I'm not sure whether this was just like worded weirdly, but apparently maybe like Hermione, Fred, and George is also a pretty common ship. Ah, <laughs> there's some uh, racy fanfic out there. Incest. <laughs> um, in the meantime, though, I looked up. Uh, I was trying to get, like, a ranking of these picks. So, if you haven't picked up on it yet, like, we are talking about non-canon ships. Um, We should, I don't know, we could maybe do a relationships episode at some point where we talk about, like, the big relationships in the series. But, so I'm just going to read the top ten. According to this Cora answer by Ken Canna Maria, which was in 2017... They, like, counted how many, the number of fanfics for each pairing in on AO3, which is a fanfic website. And so the first one was Draco and Harry, which, with over 23,000 fanfics. Wow. Then Sirius and Remus, which we'll get to. Then Harry and Snape, which we're not going to talk about. Oh, wow. I, all the Snape ones really oh, freak Hermione me out. Hermione and Snape is a big ship, too. That's on this. Yeah. So then four is Hermione and Ron. So that's the first, That's the highest canon one, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, that's also the highest uh, heterosexual. All the other ones yeah. were yeah. same-sex. Which is something I will talk about later as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, five is Harry and Ginny. Six is James and Lily. Seven is Hermione and Draco. Eight is Hermione and Snape. Nine is Remus and Snape. Ooh. And then ten is Harry and Tom Riddle. <laughs> Which we're not talking about a lot of those. Because we're not talking about any of the Snape ones. And Snape's in like three of the top ten pairings. Um, and then there's a few canon ones we're not talking about. And we're not talking about Harry and Tom Riddle. But we do have... We, have we one do have a up. surprise at the end. <laughs> come up. Don't you worry. Um, okay. The next pairing we have. On <laughs> this didn't list. make the didn't make the top ten. <laughs> the next pairing we have on this list is Drapple. <laughs> so, um, if you know what. Do it. Oh. Oh, you go ahead okay. and then I'll I'll tell you. Say if you don't know what that is, that was referring to Draco and the apple he uses in Half Blood Prince through the vanishing cabinet. Like you know when he like puts it in and it comes back and there's like a bite taken out of it. <laughs> so I guess so, this is like purely in the movies then, because I don't think he uses like I think they talk about how birds are keep go missing. Um. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's ever, like, implied or hinted that he uses an apple. So, this is, like, purely a movie thing. It's literally one scene in the movie. It's, like, literally, like, maybe ten seconds. Um, but (laughs) I think it's, like, in a montage. Yeah, it is in a montage. That's what Katie likes. Yes. But (laughs) we were watching Half-Blood Prince and, like, over in Leaky Con. And Katie's that scene comes up, and Katie's like drapple, and I was, like, what the fuck are you talking? About? <laughs> she was like, you don't know drapple. <laughs> it was really funny. I know, like I thought, like I feel like I've seen so many jokes about it. I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I have think... all of this like fanfic knowledge. I swear, I don't think I've ever read fanfics. Anyways, that's just really funny, and it's like, I don't know why it's a thing, or how it became such a big thing, like, I've never read a Drapple fanfic, like, I don't know what it's like. Are there any written? I don't like, know. Or is it just a joke? I'm not sure. 
Not sure. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Basically, Drapple is a romantic relationship pairing that fanship or pull for that involves Draco Malfoy and an apple. A green one. <laughs> oh, green oh, wait, because he's also holding an apple in that scene in Prisoner of Azkaban right before um, Care of Magical Creatures, and he's, like, eating Oh, uh, isn't he, like, tossing it? Yeah, like... yeah. So I think, like, it's an ongoing thing, Draco and his apple. Do you think, do you think that that... Is like written like obviously in in six it's written into the script, but do you think like they were just like ready to film that scene and Tom Felton was eating an apple <laughs> and they were like whatever you can keep oh, eating. Wait, let me see. Let me pull up this shipping wiki on it. Apparently, Tom Felton has also addressed it. There's a YouTube video of him talking about it. Um, oh. He rubs the apple fondly when it comes back from Borgen and Burks with a, a bite taken out, apparently. It's the most popular cargo ship. What is a cargo ship? Is it, like, not, not perfect, both human? I guess. As well as one of the most popular ships for Draco. It is also typically one of the ships that most fans agree upon. Since it's mostly shipped as a crack ship. What is this language? I don't understand any of these words. <laughs> Wait. Oh, something. I feel like. Astoria Greengrass, Draco's wife, is the human form of the apple. Because her name starts with A. And it has green in the last name. <laughs> oh, also, and she wears a green we know dress. she's a maledictus. Also, we know she's a maledictus, but we don't know what she turns into. Yeah. Do all maledictuses turn into snape, t- snakes, or so. can they turn into apples? I don't know. Um, some, okay, so some uh, fanfic is just Draco eating an apple or holding the apple. <laughs> some comedic fan art often has Draco overdramatically proclaiming his love for the apple. Or just <laughs> simply taking to it. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Okay. I think I'm a dropple shipper. <laughs> Apparently everybody calls it a crack ship, which I assume is just like a, uh, oh, the thing, the like um, picture on this webpage is a gif of him fondly rubbing the apple. Mm. A crack ship is a ship that is highly ridiculous, bizarre, disturbing, and or unlikely to ever become canon. <laughs> well, the characters don't have chem- any chemistry, never interact, are in different canons or timelines, are different species. One is an in- inanimate object, yeah. etc. There we go. Also, I just want to point out that this has a status of relationship eaten. What is it at? What is it's it? It's a status of relationship eaten. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Should we? So, the next one. Wait, this wasn't... Oh, okay, yeah. This is number two on the most popular ships. And it is Wolfstar, which is Remus Lupin and Sirius Black. Side note, I learned while looking this up, that James and Sirius's ship is called Starbucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the Remus and James ship is called Wolfbuck, which I thought was really funny. I like these, um, I like those pairing names better. Like, there's, they're... Instead of using the yeah, name. They're more creative. Yeah, it definitely is more creative. Yeah. Also, like, how would you have done Remus and Sirius? Yeah. You're right. But I guess you could do their last names. You could be like Loop Bloopin. Bloopin. Loopic. Lack. Luck. Luck. Yeah. Okay. Well anyway. So this in in the books comes from when Dumbledore like instructs Sirius to lay low at Lupin's at the end of Goblet of Fire. We also find out that Lupin is living with Sirius at Grimmel Place. And it makes for a very tragic love story with them being friends and then thinking of each other as enemies for so long until the truth came out in Prisoner of Azkaban. And then they only had a couple of years before a series died, which is very tragic. Um, also, 
the evidence for it in the books is the infamous 40-line stare. (laughs) Which, if you don't know what this is, it is in Order of the Phoenix when Molly and Sirius are fighting over, like, if Harry should get to know what the the Order is doing and everything. Um, it, on, <laughs> during this debate, it says Lupin's eyes were fixed on Sirius. And then for 39 lines, it talks about the dialogue and like Molly and Sirius fighting. And then 39 lines later, it says, personally, said Lupin quietly, looking away from Sirius at last. So people say that this is, this is like very, very famous, <laughs> um, <laughs> evidence for, Wolf Star. And this is so Katie mentioned that a lot of the top fix were or top ships were queer. And so a lot of fans believe that if Sirius and Remus had been a male and female character, then like there would be no question about like there being something romantic between them. So this is kind of like queer coding, which is basically just like when authors or like I don't know like in tv shows movies um books everything like queer characters aren't explicitly said to be queer or like queer relationships aren't like actually like given representation it, a lot of it's just like up for interpretation um whereas like with a male and a female character it would have been like and then like and then Ron and Hermione fell in love you know like very obvious so I think that that's why a lot of ships are, like, two male characters, two female characters. Because, like, okay, so because I don't read fanfic, I've never really, like, supported this ship. I've always just kind of, like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. But I can definitely see the queer coding aspect. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, if... I guess just if you thought about, like, one of them as, like, a woman. Um, and I think you can't argue. You, I can't. I certainly can't argue the point that, like, if, like, one of them... Say, like, they were the same characters, but Remus was just, like, a woman. Like, I totally think that it would... Like, they have this friendship, and, like, a lot of relationships come from friendships. And then there's, like, the tragic, like, 13 years where they, like, think that the other one was, like, the spy, and then... Like, I don't know. I feel like it's very, it's very, very clear to me that that's kind of a product of them both being men that it's not widely thought of and, like, kind of, like, written off as, like, a joke ship, you know? And I think it gets back to, like, different issues that JK has with, like, representation in the series. And, like, we talked about this a bit on the Dumbledore thing where, like, she didn't like, people, a lot of people were upset that she, like, retroactively said that Dumbledore was gay, um, which, like, I think the Dumbledore thing is, like, his sexuality was never, like, a thing to be talked about, so, like, it would be kind of weird if she, like, randomly said he was gay, but, like, and so he was, like, kind of queer-coded, um, and I'm not saying, like, she should have said that Sirius and Remus were in a relationship, like, I'm not arguing that, but I think also with, like, Remus and lycanthropy being, like, a metaphor for HIV AIDS, like, I feel like it it works very well, and I think maybe there'd be less support for this ship if, like, there had been other outright queer characters in the series. Yeah, I think that a lot of it comes from, like, I think a lot of people see Sirius as a queer character kind of no matter what. Like, even if they're not chipping him with somebody, they still see him as, like, a queer character. And, like, he never has, like, a... Yeah, it's, like, never spoken about, about, like, his relationship. Um, I don't know. And then, like, with Lupin and Tonks, like, she takes that away. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think that, like, the shipping world is so funny because... Funny to me because it takes away that, like, any two people, no matter their genders, no matter if one is an inanimate object or not, like, two people can't just, like, have a platonic relationship. 
Yeah. And, like, I understand that, like, people have the right to ship whoever they want, but it's, like, if two people ever interact, they're, like, oh, yes, they're meant to be. You know what I mean? Definitely. It, like, takes away a lot of, like, good friendships. I'm not saying that, like, if you ship Wolfstar, like, you're blasting Lupin and Sirius's friendship, but I don't know. Like, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I think that's that like, is it, like the same thing, thing with Harry ships and Hermione, in general. You know, like yeah, that's them. like that's the next one we're gonna get to, and that's like I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know, that's one of the reasons I don't like the Harry and Hermione shit because I love them as friends, and I feel like it's such a pure friendship. Yeah, no, for sure. Interesting. I like. I legitimately I think, don't know if I have an opinion on Wolfstar. Like I don't mind it. But yeah, like, I think I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're not two characters that, like, I really, like, think about that much. Yeah. I don't... Maybe that's going to get me some heat, because, like, a lot of people love the Marauders, yeah. but, like, I, I feel like I don't have that fascination with the Marauders. Um, but, like, I feel like I wouldn't... Like, the ship doesn't bother me, and I totally recognize the, like, queer coding argument, mm-hmm. and, like, I think I support that, but, like, I don't really ship them, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm actively... I don't know. I think it's interesting that it's gained so much tract- so much traction, but I think that's because of like the queer coding and the lack of um, like stated queer characters. Yeah, I also think it's like what you said, just like the fascination that people have with the Marauders in general, like for sure. And with well, we can get into this later. Never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. Or point on the Marauders, but like we're gonna talk about just like popular yeah topics. So. So, now that I've had a rant, (laughs) um, Harry and Hermione, which, like, I know, I think we both have very similar opinions on this. I think so. Um, so, anyway, the basis in the series, um, people, I think, point to, like, the fact that, like, Harry and Hermione have this, like, friendship and relationship that's, like always less awkward and less like um tumultuous than ron and hermione Mm -hmm. so like uh they're like not afraid to compliment each other and like hermione will often call out harry for being too humble or she'll like be like harry like don't you know like every girl in the school is in love with you (laughs) and like ron always like gets really uncomfortable (laughs) and i think like they both really admire each other like just as, like, they both very much see the other person as, like, a brave, like, strong, smart, like, I think they both see each other in a more positive light than they see themselves. Mm, yeah. Um, and so people say, also point out that when they dated other people, um, like, Cho and Crumb, those people, like, got jealous of their friendship. Like, Crumb, like, was, like, asked Harry if there was anything going on with him and Hermione and like Cho well Harry didn't handle Cho very well he was clueless (laughs) yeah that was mostly Harry's like I feel like Cho wouldn't have had that much of an issue with her his friendship with Hermione if Harry hadn't been like brought her up on their date yeah and like been like oh I need to go to yeah Oh, like, wait, I told wait, Hermione you're welcome to, like, come with me to hang out with yeah. Hermione after our romantic date. Like, okay, Harry. Yeah, like, Cho's not really to blame there. Yeah. Um, also, people point to the fact that, like, Hermione would be a better match for Harry than Ginny because I think a lot of people don't like how Ginny, like, was obsessed with Harry because he was, like, the Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And, like, since Hermione didn't grow up in the wizarding world, like, she just sees him as Harry, not really as, like, Harry Potter. And then, of course, we know about the dance (laughs) Um, in the tent, which, so, this is, like, one of my, I think it's one of, like, my favorite scenes that was added to a movie. I love it. I cry every single time. It's so cute, but not in, like, a... So, I was reading... I think it was on Cora again in like preparation for this. I was reading like why people ship them and also why people like are against this ship. And a lot of that like kind of rang true for me. And they were saying like one person was saying that Harry 
it's pretty clear throughout the series that like Harry sees Hermione as a sister. Um, and so like the, and even in the movies, like the dance in the tent is like, um, very much, I think like a, a, like a sibling relationship. Like, I don't know, like when there's like music playing at my home, like sometimes I like dance around with my brothers and like, you know, like, it, it like is very, it's just like a like very like heartwarming yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like very goofy, like very obviously goofy. And yeah, like, not saying that you can't like goofy doesn't mean like it can be romantic and like cute, but like you can tell that romantic romance romance romance. There we go. <laughs> romance wasn't like the number one objective of that dance. Like they weren't folk. They weren't like pressed up against each other like grinding you know like they were like being very goofy and like laughing and it was like a like harry was making an effort to like cheer Hermione up and they also point to other points in the series where like um i don't know it's at the end of one of the earlier books like harry hugs hermione like harry throughout the series multiple times like harry hugs hermione and ron never does because like because he's awkward and like he has a crush they like have a crush yeah. on each other you know like so it makes it even more awkward. so like yeah and like the fact that like harry doesn't think twice about like hugging hermione is just like yeah. like that's like a sibling relationship like you like i go up and hug my brothers all the time yeah. you know like and i feel like hermione like kisses harry on the cheek one time like when harry's yeah the dursleys yeah and it can be like a very i feel like so this is like in support, some people say that, like, Hermione kind of nags and that wouldn't work with her relationship with Ron because, like, Ron grew up with a nagging mother and, like, doesn't want that. And, like, Harry never had a mother, so, like, he wants that, like, motherly thing. But that's kind of, like, yeah. a weird... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, like, that's, like, a sisterly yeah. thing. Like, she takes on this, like, familial, yeah. like, role. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of people that are against the ship point to the fact that, like, in Half-Blood Prince, I think it is, or it might be in Goblet of Fire, when Harry and Hermione are spending a lot of time together, and Harry's just like, I think it's Goblet of Fire, Harry's like, he loved, he's like, I love Hermione, but, like, she can get kind of boring, like, all we do is hang out in the library, and he misses Ron, and, like, I don't know, there are points where, like, Harry gets annoyed with Hermione, or vice versa, and I think that's, like, also very sibling-like. I don't know. To me, this relationship is, like, just one of the best platonic relationships. It is. And I... This is maybe... Like, Germione and Drury, I'm, like... Germione, I get, like, annoyed with because it's, like, kind of problematic. Yeah. But, like, Harry and Hermione, I get annoyed with because it just, like, ruins that. This is what you're saying. Like, the, it, like, ruins that friendship for Yeah. Me. Yeah. It, like, does that thing where it's, like, can we not just have, like two people be friends you know it's like that big like again like really big trope in like romantic comedies where it's like the girl and the guy are like best friends and like everybody around them is like oh you're perfect for each other and I'm like yeah what oh isn't there like a line in Harry Met Sally I've like never actually seen that movie but it's like um like girls and guys can't be friends or something and like Sally gets really upset about it but then they end up being together so it completely like undermines their whole argument that like girls and guys can just be friends I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, you should watch that movie. It's going to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of. Friendships. Yeah, friendships. Um, next one we're going to talk about is Dean and Seamus. So we did talk a little bit about this on our Dean and Seamus episode, but we had to bring it up again. So they're BFFs, obviously. They live together, so it makes it really easy. Um, they're rarely seen, like, throughout the series not together. And, like, um, a big thing that I was reading was talking about when Seamus gets mad at Harry in Order of the Phoenix. Like, Dean still, like, he, like, puts up this almost, like, facade of being mad at Harry, even though he's, like, not really. And, like, him and Harry, like, kind of, like, still on good terms. But, like, in front of Seamus, he's like, oh, I have to act mad at Harry because, like, Seamus is mad at Harry. Um, yeah. Dean went to the World Cup with Seamus and his family in Goblet of Fire, and they ran and gave each other a hug when they saw each other again in Seven at the Battle of Hogwarts, because Dean had been on the run that whole year, so they hadn't seen each other, so they missed each other. Um, 
Oh, it talks about how both actors are a fan of this ship, which we also talked about. This yeah. is the 22nd most written pairing with the Harry Potter tag. So, I mean, like, pretty high up there. Um, and like we said in our Dean and Seamus episode, like, we don't know what happens to either of them afterwards, so they very well could be together. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I don't know, like, I don't mind this ship. Pretty indifferent. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm indifferent to most ships, if I'm being honest. I'm also indifferent to, like, most relationships, like, canon relationships in this series. Like, I... There are none that I, like, love. Yeah, there are none that, like, I would die for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, to me, this story, like, Harry Potter wasn't a, like, love story, you know? Like, that's not what well, I... Well, it is about love, but <laughs> yeah, not enough. Yeah, but not, like, a romantic love story. Yeah, I think the relationships that are important to me are, like, not romantic ones. Yeah, they're, like, friendships or, like, parent or, like, teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Nuna, which is Neville and Luna. Um, so I think a lot of this ship comes from, like, really just math, if I'm being honest with you. So there's six people in the silver and the golden trio, and Ginny and Harry are together, and Ron and Hermione are together, and so that leaves the two people, Neville and Luna. It's like, it's just a very convenient pairing, you know? Just, like, round it Mm -hmm. out. Make it a clean six six for six. Um, I think it also comes a lot from, like, they're both, like, kind of seen as outsiders throughout the series. Like, maybe, like, quote-unquote, like, weirdos, you know? Yeah. Um, they both are, like, ones who love Dumbledore's army, who, like, really cherish the friendships they made there because, like, they didn't have very many other friends otherwise. Like, we see that with, like, Luna's, like painting in her room and Neville he's like asking Harry like ha- like in the Half-Blood Prince like oh are we gonna have the DA again and Harry's like uh no like we don't have to what are you talking about <laughs> they're the two they're the only two that like keep the coins you know um yeah. and the movie obviously I'm mad for him <laughs> see Luna <laughs> I have to tell her something um yeah so like the movie it's like, heavily implied. Maybe that they, like, maybe not that they, like, end up together, but that they, like, have a relationship, slash, at least yeah. Neville wants a relationship. I don't think we see, do we see We Luna don't see, see we, it's literally just that line. <laughs> but then, yeah. But then, no, are, are they, they like, sitting next to each other, maybe, in the, like, Great Hall? I think they might be. I think Luna might have her head on Neville. yeah. Like, when he has, like, the sword after, like, he killed the snake. I, like, yeah, when they're, like, sitting there. Yeah, and he, like, looks, like, very, like, pleased with himself. Well, because he just killed Nagini. Yeah, and Luna's on his shoulder. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. this is not canon. Yeah, it's not canon. We do know who both of these characters ended up with. And to be fair, I like both of the people who they end up with better. You don't know anything about... Rolf. Rolf. Yeah, but that's so cool that she ends up... And they, like, go, like, yeah. creature hunting the whole time. And knowing new, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think that's really cute. And I know, like, a lot of people don't... Or not... I won't say a lot of people. I've, like, read some stuff that, like, people aren't too pleased that Luna ended up with a male. Because, like, she's also yeah. seen as a character who, like, is queer. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about that in the next ship. <laughs> So oh, the wait, next actually, one. first off, I, oh, I wasn't done speaking about what, uh, how I feel about this couple. I don't know. Like, it just seems so convenient. You know what I mean? Like, if they had ended up, yeah. I literally would have been like, barf, you're joking. Like, the silver and the golden trio are, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just too yeah. convenient. Anyways. I agree. I, the next one is probably my favorite non-canon ship. Mm, this is definitely up there. It might be like two. Um, it's a Linny, which is Luna and Ginny. N- not Guna. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, so the basis for this comes from like Ginny finding Luna weird at first, but they become good friends, and she always sticks up for Luna, and like, kind of is the only one that will like actually. I don't know, besides, I guess Harry does too, but, like, 
like kind of just have a conversation with Luna and like we see her just like with Luna at times and it's and we know that Luna really likes Ginny because she like compliments Ginny when she's commentating Quidditch um and she's very much like I don't know like I think she's appreciative of Ginny because like Ginny kind of brought her into like the Dumbledore's army like friend group Mm -hmm. um so people see them as like there's like the quirky girl and then like the jock um and (laughs) there's some really really cute fan art (laughs) um and so I put I actually put one in our dog because I'm gonna post that when we do this episode I'll post some fan art when we uh release this episode so check out our social media because I think there is some really great fan art out there oh yeah fan art is so cool like people are so talented they really are um but yeah, I don't know. I just really, I really like the Ginny and Luna ship. And I think that I can see both of them. Like, I know that we see Ginny with, like, multiple boys throughout the series. Like, you know, like, she, it's kind of like this, like, they comment on the fact, like, oh, she always has a boyfriend. Um, but I can totally see both of them as queer women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just, like, I, I don't know. I think it's really cute. And they have this like friendship that I think both of them are like both of their friendships with other people are not really built up that much um like Ginny and Hermione's friendship is something that I think is underrated um which I guess when you say Hermione could have ended up with a Weasley yeah there you go although I don't really read Hermione as a queer character I don't I don't think I like I could very like Ginny and Luna I could for sure like, see, yeah. I, I don't think I can see Hermione. Yeah. So, anyway, I think it's really cute, and it's probably my favorite. And I think it doesn't really, like, I know that, like, Harry ends up with Ginny and stuff, but, like, I feel like it doesn't really, like, ruin a lot of things in the series. Yeah. No. Um, so then, our <laughs> last one, which we hinted at earlier, which I did not know was a thing, is Valdini. Which is Ginny and Tom Riddle. Because, um, like, it comes from, like, Chamber of Secrets, where she's, like, writing in the diary. This is, like, super problematic, because, like, you know, he possesses her, and it's really disturbing. Well, it's also, well, to be fair, I don't know wizard, like, legal laws. Um, that was redundant. But, like, it was, she was 12, and Voldemort was, like, what, 60-something? Like, whoa! Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that a lot of people are in support of, like, the Tom and, like, the I guess, but, like, shit name is still, Valdini. Like, he but, like, they lived in 17? different, yeah. That's still and, not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you, like, parallel, like... The, like, Harry and Tom Riddle parallels. Maybe that's where people are coming from. You know, yeah. like, if they had been there at the same time. But yeah. he's also a sociopath, so. Yeah. <laughs> Who, like, tries to kill her friends and family multiple times. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that one. <laughs> um, so next, I just, like, this is just me throwing stuff on the dock. Um like popular like like topics for fan fiction not just pairings like we talked a lot about the marauders like that's a really fanfic heavy topic um just because fans are obsessed with them we don't really know much about them but like we do yeah but we do get enough information that like we have fully developed characters and like we know how the relationships are between all of them you know what i mean so it's not like you have a lot to work off of and you have, like, seven years to fill, like, minimum, like, while the Marauders are at school, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, there's so, so many little things that could happen. Yeah. Um, alternate epilogue fix, I feel like that comes a lot, like, comes from a lot of the ships. Like, if you were to read a Nuna ship that took place after, like, during the 19 years later, that would be, like, an alternate epilogue. Um, alternate universe, I, there was, I was just looking up, like, the best, there's a BuzzFeed article, it's, like, 25 Harry Potter fanfics, like, you have to read before you die, or something like that. And oh, boy. One, 
Yeah, and, like, one of them actually sounded so cool. It was, like, a fanfic, but in, like, the writing of, like, a Shakespearean play. And so, like, uh. the, like, language was all, like, Shakespearean or something. I was like, that's uh. kind of cool. Or, like... People um, put a lot of time into this. Yeah. Again, people are so creative. Founder Stories is another one. Like, I don't know how popular of a fanfic that is, but I just know that that's, like, people want more information about. So I'm sure there's stuff out there. And then stories, but, like, from other people's perspectives. So, like, maybe, like, the series, like, from Neville's perspective or, like, the series from Luna's perspective or just, like, like, events. Yeah, yeah, like, Puffs. (laughs) That's a fanfic, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I think... My, like, the most intriguing to me out of all of those would probably be the founders or the, like, events from other people's perspectives. Because, like, that's something that always has, like, interested me, you know? And I feel like I've, like, seen a couple of, like, from Draco's perspective, I think is, like, a pretty popular thing, too. To get, like, more of his tragic story, as we've alluded to before. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. And now, like, I don't know. I like put a question in here and like how do you feel about like original characters and fanfics how do you feel about like changes to the canon like how does it affect people's like relationship with the series kind of thing original characters you mean like like original to the fanfic like yeah like the like the writer like made up a new character that's like weird to me Uh, yeah i don't know like like, obviously, there are other people in the wizarding world that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like one of the greatest things about Harry Potter, like, are the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think the, like, convenient thing about fanfic is, like, you can rely on the character development that JK has done. Yeah, there's also so many characters that are just named. Yeah. That you could just, like, say that your fanfic is about and, like, basically create a whole new character. Yeah. You know, yeah. but is, like, still somebody that's, like, a part of the canon. I don't right. know, like, that's, like, something that weirds me out a little bit. Just because I think that, like, further distances the fanfic from the original right, like, yeah. piece of work. Like, in, like, if that's what you're trying to do, like, I guess it makes more sense. I don't know. I just, like fanfic in general is something that like I think can be like kind of controversial like people either love it or hate it generally Mm -hmm. um and like I don't know I feel like it works it could like work to make people closer to like the original piece of art yeah but also like I don't know like we kind of alluded to this in an earlier episode I don't remember which one it was but like talking about like how much ownership we all Mm -hmm. have over this series and like kind of like what right we have to do with the information from the series you know what I mean so I don't know I don't I don't really have a problem with fanfic because like I don't like people can think of the series however they want yeah I mean like claiming things are canon is a different thing a different (laughs) yeah a whole different beast but um I don't I think I'm fine with like people writing fanfic if they want to do that i think that like some of the ships are problematic which i've said but that's like a broader like critique of it i think yeah like the snape and hermione yeah that like that one i think is the one that like really freaks me out yeah um I don't know like I think that my worry like with fanfic like for myself I don't want to say it's like a worry for everybody is like will I like start to like will the fanfic start to affect my relationship with this series or like make you read it differently yeah like make me read it differently or like wish like start wishing other things would happen Mm. like if I'm like a hardcore Harry and Hermione shipper like that would like I would read the series with a whole different lens and like read it to say what I want it to read you know what I mean whereas like I think that the books like in my mind I think they're perfect like I think they're like flawless basically right and I love them for how they are and not saying people who, like, write and read fanfic don't do that. Like, that's just, like, a worry that I have. I agree with you because, like, I think I think we are, like, kind of unique fans. Or not necessarily unique, but, like, we're in the subset of fans that kind of, like, we will trust what Joe says for the most part. And, mm-hmm. like, we're not super critical of 
the series, like, at least the books, the original seven books. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, there are fans that are, like, I'm not saying that they're less of fans. Like, they're just as big of fans as us, but they're more critical. Yeah. Um, Or they're willing to, like, interpret the series in different ways than it that it was intended. Mm-hmm. And I think like it, for some things I'm willing to do that, but not like major plot lines or major character relationships and stuff. So like, I think that's why I don't really get into fanfic. Um, I also like, I don't know if I want more Harry Potter, like if I want to read about the Harry Potter characters, like I'm just going to go back and reread the books because like to yeah. me that like, I'm not going to read fanfic that's better writing than that. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, I just, I feel like I'm not someone who's left wanting more after yeah. the series is over, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I think there are people that feel like a need for more, and, like, I am I think, like, more would be great if it came, like, in the way I want it to come, and, like, we're getting the Fantastic Beast series, which I'm liking mm-hmm. and enjoying for what it is, um... But there are people that, like, feel this need to have more, and I'm I'm not. Because I'll just read the books as many times as I want, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, and, like, I'll I don't... watch the movies, or I'll play Harry Potter trivia yeah. game. Like, that's how I can fulfill my Harry Potter. Or, or do a podcast. Because <laughs> there's still so much... Like, I know we have seven books, and, like, they've been out for years and years. But, like, there's still so much in them. There really is. Hi, my name is Larry, and I'm a Slytherin. My name is Justin, and I'm a Slytherin. And together we host the Here's Johnny podcast, where we take a look at horror movies, TV shows... Oh, and games. We also have had amazing guests on the show that are directors, producers... And don't forget writers, Twitch streamers, and other podcasters. Yeah, and you can also check out our show every Monday. Just search Here's Johnny Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And you can always follow us on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast. We are sure you will find an episode you will love. Maybe just like Ollivander's wands, an episode will pick you. So after we both just talked about how we would never write or read fan fiction, <laughs> not that we would never, no. Um, our pop quiz question today is if we had to write a fan fiction story, what would it be about? I did not think about my answer at all during this episode, so take your time. <laughs> My answer is that I would rewrite Cursed Child. Because <laughs> Cursed Child is fan fiction. That's how it reads. So maybe we've been lying when we said we haven't read fan fiction. I already made that <laughs> Um so yeah, I would I would I think it, if I were to write something, it would probably be like an alternate epilogue. Or like not an alternate mm-hmm. nineteen years later, but like a future thing. Um Yeah. Was it like the next generation? Isn't that what they call it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. What they call it? What we call it? Harry Potter. <laughs> the next gen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I would rewrite. I would make the new cursed child, and I wouldn't write anything sad. I'd be very happy. <laughs> It'd just be about like Harry and Ginny living life with their kids, and then like Hermione and Ron coming over for family dinners, and like yeah, it really it'd be really wholesome, and there wouldn't be a whole like Voldemort having a child, and time time turner and Cedric Cedric will be dead <laughs> throughout the whole. Harry fanfic. can still go visit his grave. Yeah, that's really cute. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, for me, I think that when, okay, so when I was in sixth grade, my school did this thing where we had silent reading. Yeah. Um, and so you could either read silently or you could write silently. So you wrote a fanfic. And so one, no. <laughs> so, like, one day I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, rewrite the Battle of Hogwarts, but from, like, Lupin's perspective. Okay. And, Why like, I Lupin's never did it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I want... Like, because we never... We don't... His death, like, we don't really know much Yeah, we don't know like, if we don't he know saw much about Tom. Like, like, we... Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a weird like, choice because I, you aren't, like, that big of a Lupin fan. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I think it's somebody who, like, whose action... Like, movements we didn't really follow yeah. that well, that closely. Um, I don't know. Like, I... Like, I... I mentioned this when we were talking about stories, like, from somebody else's perspective. Like, I think I would enjoy 
doing that mm. because then I could like play like toe that line of like well I'm not like changing anything in the series you know yeah um it's just like more information and I'm not like a super duper creative person so like if I were to write something I need like you need like the end like set constraints <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like I need constraints on what I can yeah. do so that would help me too I don't know or, like, if I, like, were, if, like, an idea struck me, like, I think it would be really cool to write a founder story. Just because yeah. I think that they're probably pretty fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Like, founder story of when the other founders kicked out Slytherin. Slytherin, yeah. Like, a, like a story from, like, that time period would be really cool, I think. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Alright. So... Go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can download and listen to our episodes and leave us a review. We have had the same number of reviews for a long time and yes. we really appreciate them. Also review us on Yeah, I'm not Pod recording Chaser. another episode until we have 20 reviews. <laughs> okay. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. If you have any suggestions for episode ideas, again, thank you so much, Justine, for sending us this episode idea. I hope it was at least somewhat what you wanted. I think that it was probably not very good. <laughs> we just, like, don't have, we didn't have that much information to work on. We tried our best, um... Thank you for messaging us. We always love that. So if you would like to just tell us how great we are, you can do it on those social media platforms. You can platforms. do it on a review, or, too. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm not recording another episode until we have 20 reviews. So if you want an episode 31. And the next one's a good character. Yeah. Review us, please. Um, you can also send us pop quiz questions. Um, and you can email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com. Okay. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best and we'll do the rest. And learn until your brains are